Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the story that business is good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, welcome to this edition of Colorado Business Roundtable's podcast, Profits and Purpose. And today we're actually videotaping as well to make sure we take full advantage of two special guests that we have today for a conversation about P-Tech, which is also called Pathways to Technology. So we're going to be learning a lot about um, that in particular today with two folks. One is my board member, Ray Johnson, who is the Corporate Social Responsibility Manager for IBM. Welcome, Ray. Well, thank you. And then also uh, a new gentleman that I'm excited to get to know, uh, Don Haddad, who is the superintendent of St. Vrain Valley School District. So welcome, Don. Thanks. Appreciate it. So before we jump into kind of the details of um, P-TECH in particular, I'd love to just tell our audience a little bit more about both of you, kind of how you came to be where you are today. So tell us a little bit more about your story. And Don, let's start with you. Uh, where'd you grow up? How did you become a superintendent? And how, how are you here today as, as a leader of education in Colorado? Oh, great. I really appreciate the opportunity to visit with you. You know, I uh, have grown up in Colorado and uh, went to school in the Denver Public School System. I graduated a number of years ago from John F. Kennedy High School. And, you know, one of the things that I love to do in junior high and high school, I was a wrestler, wrestled in high school was fortunate enough to do well enough to earn a scholarship that took me to CSU, to Colorado State University. And, uh, you know, my father was a, a teacher. And so I went there, get a teaching certificate and graduated from Colorado State University and then went into my first teaching job uh, at Westminster High School as a teacher and a head wrestling coach and really enjoyed it and spent about five years there and then went out to Cherry Creek School District where we opened up Eagle Crest High School. And at the time it was a middle senior high school, but it evolved into a four-year high school. And that's where I really got into administration. The, the principal at the time hired me as a dean of students, and then eventually I became an assistant principal and then a principal. And then we relocated up to Boulder where I was at Fairview High School and uh, ended up serving as an assistant principal there and moved out into the Mapleton schools as a principal. And then about 20, I guess going on 21 years ago, I moved to the St. Brain Valley School District as the principal of Niwot High School. Was there for several years, became the executive director of secondary schools, and then moved into the assistant superintendent's position, and then into the deputy superintendent's position. And for the last 13 years, I've been the superintendent in the St. Brain Valley Schools. So I've been in Colorado school system now for 36 years and loved every minute of it. I have uh, two children and uh, a wife who's former teacher. She's retired. So education kind of runs in the family. And, and in this role, I have spent a lot of time really focusing on promoting public education. I think public education is just such a critical part of our society. And so I've dedicated that my life to that and continue to, uh, I'll continue to do that. That's a little bit, it's a brief summary of my pathway to the superintendency and what I've been doing for the last 13 years. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting to hear about your entry point into teaching and then, of course, into leadership and, and all your various posts. My kids went to went through the Cherry Creek School District. 
system. So, um, you know, kind of a fun path, I guess, to think about public schools and what they mean to all of us in the business sector. And in particular, that's a good segue to Ray, you know, as, as our on the board of Colorado Business Roundtable, representing the business sector today through his his leadership with IBM. You know, love to throw it to you, Ray. How did you uh, how did you end up being with IBM and kind of in the role you are now with being so involved in education in Colorado? Well, it's nothing as glamorous as what Don went through, trust me. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, certainly a long admirer of Don. And uh, I actually grew up in the Chicago area and I grew up uh, first off on the south side of Chicago. And then we moved up to the northwest suburbs uh, and I came out to Colorado basically to go to college. I went to the University of Colorado. I'm sorry, University of Northern Colorado. Whereas everybody knows is a, at the time, and it's probably still is, a very big uh, teacher education school. <clears throat> I did not go into uh, teacher education. I went into um, uh, communications, uh, thinking I'd make a career out of maybe the radio and television business. And I did dabble in it for a while. And then I got hired into IBM's internal communications department with, 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 that we have for employees. Uh, and from there, I evolved into doing media relations because I had a media background. And as part of doing media relations, uh, you know, I did a lot of, you know, feel good stories on IBM's uh, community citizenship. And uh, when our community relations person decided to uh, step aside, I said, hey, I think I'd like to give that a try. And that was a little over 20 years ago now uh, that I started doing, uh, we called it external relations at the time, then community relations, and now it's uh, corporate social responsibility. Uh, so it's kind of evolved from, from uh, different throughout IBM, you know, you have different career pathways, just like a lot of other industry. And I just uh, kind of moved up the ranks and picked and choose where I felt comfortable. And I really love CSR. Uh, and I'll tell you why, because we can really have an impact on people's lives. And when PTEC came along, I, w- I was getting ready to retire. I've got 42 years with IBM. So I was getting ready to retire. And then when we passed PTEC legislation in 2015, it inspired me to keep going because uh, I'm not an educator, so I don't touch uh, student lives on a daily basis like Don and many others do, but it gave me an opportunity to feel like I was <laughs> in, in, in some small way. My kids graduated uh, up through the Adams 12 school district, uh, so they were born and raised here in Colorado. I got two grandkids in the Brighton school district, so uh, education is near and dear to my heart, and it just matches uh, very nicely with what we're trying to accomplish at IBM as well. Well, and that kind of segues us into the next topic, which um, when I first started with the Colorado Business Roundtable and met Ray, you know, as he as you're doing just right now, Ray, you start talking about P-TECH and how it changes kids' lives. And, uh, you know, finally, I whispered to you, okay, what's P-TECH? I didn't know what it, I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what it stood for. And Ray, thankfully, gave me a really great introduction into what it means. But I, I think for, for the folks that are watching this or listening to this represent kind of that broad-based business community, they might be asking themselves the same thing. What's P-TECH? So I don't know which one of you wants to take a stab, just high level. What is it? Um, let me just give that big picture and then you can... Absolutely. Basically, P-TECH is a grade 9 through 14 school where students are not only getting their high school diploma, but they're also gaining an associate's degree in a pathway uh, that's associated with an industry partner uh, that works with that school and those students. Uh, so really, it's a three, three-headed mo- uh, uh, partnership between a, a school district or high school, I should say, community college partner and an industry partner or partners. Some P-TECH schools, in fact, many P-TECH schools have more than one industry partner. 
uh, and the students are, are working their way to get a degree in something that that industry partner values and can possibly hire these students uh, and, and mentor these students um, and help out as they grow from ninth graders to uh, college graduates and then hopefully you know, employ them someday. So they're really creating their own talent pipeline. It's a win-win for everybody. And maybe this for Don, like when did it start? I'm assuming it was, there was some kind of a legis some legislation that created the opportunity. Maybe Don, you can add some more details to the picture. Yeah, and you know, I'll jump into that in just a second. One thing that I neglected to share at the very beginning is just a tiny bit about our school system. Uh, St. Brain is, just to give some context, St. Brain's currently the seventh largest school district in Colorado out of the 178. And we have about 33,000 students, about 60 schools, and we span out over about 411 square miles. So just to give you a little context where our, where our school district is. The program started a number of years ago. We now have 287 students in the three P-TECH programs that we currently have in St. Brain. Uh, connected with IBM a number of years ago, really over a decade ago, as we started to work on some of our programming at the preschool through sixth grade with our Innovation Academy. And Ray, you'll remember that where we brought all of our, a lot of our elementary schools to the IBM campus to work directly with engineers from IBM on solutions for a smarter planet. And so that was the origin of our relationship and from there, it just has blossomed into something incredible. We partnered to win the Race to the Top grant for $16.8 million. We were one of only 16 school districts out of the 14,000 across America to win that. And that was in large part thanks to our partnership with IBM. We followed up with winning the I3 grant, Invest in Innovation, which was, uh, we had the top score in the nation out of 1,700 applicants. And again, IBM was our partner there. And so the next iteration of our partnership after those three significant events and activities was PTECH. And PTECH originated with IBM back in the eastern part of the United States. I think it was in New York. And they had several programs out there. And because of our partnership with IBM, we thought and they thought that we would make a good match for the first PTECH program west of the Mississippi and the first P-TECH program in Colorado, obviously. So we partnered and we developed our first program at Skyline High School in partnership with Front Range Community College and IBM. And it's our program in computer information systems. And we have 227 students that have gone through that program and we've seen our first graduating class. And you know the, the significance of this program is our students get mentored directly by engineers from IBM. And they work not only on their academics, but on real world learning and mentoring and job shadowing and all of these things. And then as our kids have graduated, we've seen a number of them now getting employed by IBM and others, but primarily IBM. So it's an incredible program. We now have Falcon Tech out of uh, Skyline High School. We have Warrior Tech, which has 60 students in it now out in the eastern part of our district at Frederick High School. And that's in the medical and biosciences arena. And we're now opening up our Raptor Tech, which is in cybersecurity. And we have 35 new students getting ready to start their freshman year there. So we are the leading P-Tech program in the state and one of the leading programs in the country. So we're very proud of that. And we have uh, in the, you know, in the PTEC program, the percentage of students that qualify for free and reduced lunch is about, you know, about 44 to 45%. So it's a, it's a great program. 
and it removes some of the financial barriers that have really challenged a lot of our talented students in the past from moving on to earn their their post-secondary, in this case, associate degree program. And Don, you were talking about how you your leadership within public schools spans several decades. Is this a newer trend as far as kind of the corporate partnerships with public education, or has that always been there? Or are you, what are you seeing in terms of trend in that respect? It's definitely new, and it's unfortunate because we have missed out in public education on some of the incredible benefits from partnering with our corporate world and our business world. We in St. Vrain now have over 150 business and corporate partners, partners such as IBM and Apple and Toyota and a whole host of others. And really, they serve on our advisory boards. They provide mentoring and job shadowing and internships and their expertise. It's something that I think every school system should do, should embrace partnering with the business community because they are the workforce. And it's important that they are at the table with us, guiding us and leading us and directing us so that our students and we know how we should put together our educational system in K through 12 to prepare kids. And, you know, we talk in St. Brain a lot about not only graduating our students, but graduating them with a strong competitive advantage. And the only way you can do that is if you're talking to the best in the world, the IBMers and others. So it's it's a great relationship, but unfortunately, it's it's not as prevalent across the state or across the country. Let me ask you this in terms of you brought up uh, the percentage of free and reduced lunch and the, and the types of populations that P-TECH serves and some of your other programs. What's uh, How does that compare to maybe your district in general? Is it serving more students who you know, could use kind of a a leg up, so to speak. And then what does it do in terms of, you know, particularly around COVID and recovery, you know, we've seen so many divides uh, in terms of access to uh, devices, sometimes access to even broadband that's reliable or, and, um, you know, it's, it's an issue. I know that the state of Colorado is working on, uh, you know, Colorado Business Roundtable is working on, So I guess in some sense, just bringing it back to how does it in particular help kids who maybe need it most? You know, how have you seen that change lives? Well, it it dramatically has changed lives. First and foremost, the financial barriers that have existed into post-secondary, whether it's two-year, four-year, whatever, have really kept a lot of brilliant, talented students from being able to progress and then contribute in major ways to our society. And so this is a program that comes at no cost to the student. So we've removed all the financial barriers. The school district in partnership with, in this case, IBM, we cover the cost and that has been absolutely significant. The majority, we have 37% of our children out of the 33,000 that qualify for free and reduced lunch. And this program is primarily made up of first-generation college students, minority students. And the significance of this is that in years past, the education system has kind of funneled in and, and really excluded a number of students that are just literally talented and brilliant. But there were so many roadblocks, one of them being financial and, and a host of other things. This removes all of that It also connects our students to real world mentors that can bring the classroom to life and inspire them. It's really powerful when you see these IBM engineers sitting right next to our students and talking to them about their future. And when you talk about COVID, you know, one of our advantages in St. Vrain is we started 
a one-to-one initiative over a decade ago. So all of our students are equipped with a high-powered iPad. They, everyone has a device, K through 12. We built out, because we knew we were going to pursue this pathway and others, we built out our broadband and our infrastructure. Our bandwidth is such that we can have all 5,000 of our employees coupled with all 33,000 of our students logged in simultaneously and still only use about half of our bandwidth. We have provided hotspots for every single student and internet access in partnership with our city and some other entities to make sure that every one of our children has internet access. So we've removed all of those barriers. Wow. And I want to circle back on that because I think in particular, you know, as schools have, uh, you know, been in this incredible transition time again because of COVID, you know, it sounds like you've served as kind of a model of what to do. And, tr- and, and a lot of that sounds like it was in, an, in planning stages and implementation stages long before COVID hit that you had all these policies put in place. So yeah. it's truly amazing. You know, we saw this trend happening back in 2008 when the iPhone was first introduced by Steve Jobs. And, and then you saw Twitter launched and Facebook launched and Hadoop was launched and GitHub was launched and artificial intelligence with Watson became famous with, with Jeopardy and fracking and the Kindle by Jeff Bezos. All of these things were happening in 2008 and the world was changing all around us. And so that's when we began this vision is back in 2008 in partnership with our community, in partnership with IBM, it's come to fruition. And, you know, COVID has shined, really has put a light on some of the deficiencies in our system. Yeah, or successes in terms of what you've seen with not only P-TECH, but your entire school district. So that's really commendable. Ray, I want to jump back to you. You know, you said something so powerful about uh, the reason, you know, that you were re-energized in your career was putting something together that's so powerful and has the ability to change lives. And I think just the other day you were telling me a story about a particular young lady, or, or maybe it was a young gentleman who you had seen over time and how they had their lives were changed. And I don't know if you want to give us, give us some of your story of what this has meant to you to be a part of it. it, it it's just incredible. Uh, and, and, and some of the students that you're referring to, I remember when St. Brain first started the very first class of ninth graders, I went to a lot of the uh, uh, middle schools when we had parent a night for recruiting eighth graders, talking to parents. A lot of the parents said um, their eyes just really got glossed over, if you will, because they didn't necessarily understand what IBM was or what an IT career was uh, until you explained to them uh, the difference maker this can be for their family. You know, telling them that their their son or daughter is going to, if nothing else, uh, gain a middle class skill to earn a middle class wage, which that alone in many families is so, so it's a difference maker. Uh, And now uh, I see some of these students that I did meet in eighth grade when we're recruiting them that are now my colleagues at IBM just four years later. I mean, these students actually came through high school got their high school diploma and their associate's degree in four years. And and my guess is, and Don could probably attest to this, is some of these kids may not have even been given a chance otherwise. Um, as he mentioned, that sometimes there's certain neighborhoods or, or low-income areas that don't always get the same opportunities. And some of these kids may have been even, and I'm not saying the same brain does this, I'm just saying in, in some schools and some districts, may have been written off academically. There's one thing that I want to point out that PTEC 
does not require any admission due to academics. In other words, if you're in the eighth grade and you have an interest in a, a, in a P-TECH program at your particular school and that particular pathway, it doesn't really matter what your grades have been. It doesn't matter where your academic standing is uh, because we believe, uh, and IBM's believed in this in a long time, and it's part of instilled in the, in the P-TECH model, if you will, that all kids, all students can be successful with the right support structures. And that comes from the partnership with the school district, the community college, and the industry partner. Mentors, of course, are a big piece of that, work-based learning application, making kids and students understand why they're learning, what they're learning, and how it's going to apply as they go through the program. And one other thing I'll point out, too, is in the 2015 legislation, uh, I know Don mentioned the first-generation college kids. That actually was written into the bill that the districts would take a look at first-generation college kids first and foremost. Uh, students, again, that would not necessarily have had this opportunity. And, and I can tell you, I remember when Grand Junction Central started their program, I asked a representative of the district at the time, I said, how many first-generation college students are you going to have? And she said, Ray, the question should be how many first-generation high school graduates are we going to have? Wow. So that's what I'm talking about when, when an impact and, and some communities that, you know, you know, the students, for some reason, we don't give them the credit they deserve for being able to be successful regardless of their background. That's that's super inspiring. And I would just say, too, you're probably not just helping the one kid. You're changing, you know, generations behind them, which is probably, you know, more inspirational when you think about the ripple effect to that. Don, you had another comment on? Yeah, I was just going to really reinforce what Ray said. You know, we look at now 43 percent of our students who are enrolled in these programs are female students. And so we have seen just an explosion of our female student population engaging in these engineering and these STEM type programs which that was not the case before. The other thing that we've seen is, you know, when we started this effort way back over a decade ago, in terms of our graduation rate, our primary minority group in St. Brain is, uh, it's Hispanic. And our graduation rate back then was around 56-57%. And today it's topping 86%, and that's in four years. And we've seen that steady upward trajectory. And we also used to have a dropout rate of about 5%. Again, primarily our minority students. Now it is under 1%. It's a 0.8. The same thing with taking advanced placement courses. We've seen an explosion. And in talking to students in the past who had dropped out or did not graduate, they would say things to me like, you know, there's, I don't know why I would worry about that because when I graduate, all I'm going to do is go get a job. And the best job I can get is making this much an hour. And when they see this at the end of the process, a job where they can not only not accumulate a lot of debt, but graduate and go into a job making $60,000, $70,000 a year, all of a sudden everything changes in terms of their level of hope and optimism. And then they start doubling down because they've always been really smart. It's just that the opportunities weren't always there. And this particular program, I think, is among any program I've seen over 36 years that creates opportunity for every child. This would be it. And if there were any program that we should double down on across Colorado and the nation is something like this so that we can start taking advantage of all the talented children that we have in America who have been excluded 
just because of the barriers that have existed traditionally. So how do we double down? This will probably be my wrap-up question for you both. What, Where do people go if there's a business that is listening to this and saying, you know, we want to jump in like IBM has? How do we lean in and help generations of, of kids, uh, you know, with school districts like Don's? How do folks how do folks jump in? What are the barriers for for more success with P Tech? And and Ray, let me let me have you give that give that a stab. I think I could, I can look at this a couple of ways, uh, Debbie. I think first of all, it's a constant educational process. Our elected officials change all the time, so we got to continue to educate them on what P Tech is all about. Because as states face budget cuts, and um, you know, first sometimes first things they look at are are programs where they think they're not getting their bang for the buck. So we got to continue to prove that this is a worthy program, first and foremost. And I think in Colorado, we've done that. Because when you look at the growth now, uh, we just had five more schools approved for fall, uh, including uh, another one in St. Brain that Don mentioned. So we're going to have 16 schools uh, come this fall that have PTECs in, in Colorado with 10 different community colleges as partners and 36 industry partners. Uh, so I think the second key then is how does an industry partner get involved? I mean, every company in the state, in fact, very few are as large as IBM, you know, uh, large as, you know, there's only a handful of really large companies. So we just need to do a better job of trying to figure out how to put together, like St. Brain's been successful of. There are the two P-Tech schools have multiple industry partners. How do we match industry partners that don't really know how to go out and uh, make a difference with a school district? Say, look, we'd love to participate, but we don't have the bandwidth to take on a program by ourself. So how do, how do we match industries with industries? How do we uh, convince school districts that they should be working with industry partners? I think it's more common now than it was. Because I remember back in the day, sometimes when industry would approach school districts, um, you know, they'd have a little apprehension, apprehension thinking, uh, you know, you know, we, we're trying to tell them how they do their job when it's the furthest from the truth. We're working together and trying to learn from each other uh, so we can we can all benefit, and that's having uh, you know a, a qualified workforce, and the students benefit the most. Uh, so Ray, who do they call? Who do they email? Like where where do they you know sign up? Let's say we were trying to get some businesses today on board. What what's the action step? If they don't have a connection with their local school district, they can contact me. I'll, I'll be okay. I'll put out there. Um, I, that's part of my role with IBM is to. Uh, to grow PTech and to do what it takes to uh, help folks be successful. There's also PTech information for school districts that, on the uh, Colorado Department of Education website. Um, so um, I got to just go there and search PTech and it comes right up. We'll put all those resources oh, then with this video. By the way, Debbie, I, I should say there is one more place businesses can go to, and that's PTech.org. There's a, there's a wealth of information there as well. Perfect. Well, I sure appreciate visiting with both of you. And Don, your leadership at St. Rain. Valley School District sounds like a model, not only for Colorado, but across the country. So um, appreciate what you're doing to help kids. Uh, Like I said, three of my kids went through public schools here in Colorado. And, you know, I I sort of think um, innovation is such a great disruptor because people want to see what's working. And so to share your story of what you've done is, is so inspiring and might actually evoke more change among school districts as well. So thank you. Can I just share one last thought? You know, you you talked about the partnerships. If you look at Falcon Tech, which is our skyline, we've got the IBM partnership. But with our Warrior Tech, and we've got Agilent Technologies and Novartis Gene Therapies, which was formerly Avexis. We've got Tolmar, 
KBI, Biopharma, and, and Ames Community College. And then our new one in cybersecurity has got Seagate Technologies, Cisco, Peak Resources, Comcast. And the way we've generated these is by our outreach. And it really, superintendents know their communities and they can reach out to their uh, corporate sector and their business sector. What I have found is that most businesses and communities don't want to be approached by, you know, can you give us money? They want to be approached from the school district by what can you as a school district do to support us and our workforce? And once they engage in that conversation to know that we can be a strong pipeline and that you have some credibility in building this program and sustaining it, they will, through word of mouth, begin to to get involved. We've had a number of companies start approaching us to say, we'd like to engage you. We've heard about this wonderful program. It's really a powerful program. So thank you for taking time to highlight it today. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate both of you, Ray and Don. As you know, some of the work we do around recovery, particularly in terms of economic recovery, is reimagining tomorrow's workforce through our Road to Recovery initiative. So workforce and the education continuum is incredibly important, not only because it makes good business sense, but to raise point into yours, it's about uh, you know changing lives of Coloradans who want opportunity and pathways to success. So appreciate both of your leadership in this area. Uh, so thanks everyone for joining us today and we'll see you again soon. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom, Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.